Welcome, friends. You're listening to the Swears and Does Hair podcast for bridal hairstylists and makeup artists looking to take their business to new levels. Here we tackle topics such as mindset, finances, balancing business with motherhood, and healthy strategies to keep your body and mind supporting your business rather than holding it back. I'm your host, Sue Minsky, business coach for bridal hairstylists and creator of the Next Level Bridal Business Program. Thanks for joining me. I can't wait to dig into today's topic, so let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Swears and Does Hair podcast. Today I have an amazing guest for you. So it, today's guest is Tayana. She is the makeup mogul and we're going to be talking to you a little bit about money mindset and the concept of self-worth and not attaching that to your rates. Because Tayana mentioned something in a Facebook live or an Instagram live um, a few months ago that really kind of spoke to me. And so I wanted to kind of help to spread her message. And basically uh, summed up, she said, you know, you are not what you charge. People always say charge your worth and then you are priceless. So um, it kind of really shifted how I viewed my rates and not taking it so personally when somebody said you're too expensive because they're not turning me down personally um, because I am not my rates. So we're going to we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit today. Uh, but Tiana, please take a moment and introduce yourself to everybody uh, if they're unfamiliar with who you are. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Tiana Robinson. I am a professional makeup artist. I'm based in the Washington, D.C. area. And I've been in the industry now for, I can't believe I'm saying this, but eight years. It feels like I started doing makeup yesterday. And I am not a celebrity artist. I am not in film and TV. I am not a commercial artist. I am just a regular working artist. And I work with regular women. And I've been able to turn my passion for beauty into a now seven-figure earning empire doing what I love, but also teaching and sharing with other beauty pros and helping them to turn their passion and gifts and skills and talents and beauty into their own empire. So I'm creating a tribe of makeup and beauty moguls. And that is what I do on a day to day. When I'm not painting faces, I am helping other beauty pros switch gears and turn into moguls in their own business as well. Amazing. I love that. And I love your, you know, your, your handled makeup mogul. Cause I, I think a lot of people don't necessarily respect our industry quite so much. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, Oh, you do it for fun. Or is that your side hustle? And it's like, no, it can really be this empire. And I love that you're helping to empower other makeup artists um, to build their empires as well. So let's talk a little bit about when it comes to setting rates and, and um, you know, separating ourselves and our sense of self-worth from our rates. What do you think is really kind of that thing, that mindset that is holding artists back from charging um, proper rates? So instead of charging, quote unquote, what they're worth, but charging proper rates. Mm, I love that question. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> and because I've had the honor of serving and supporting now hundreds of makeup artists from 
all over the world, like not even just America. I, you know, have clients who are in uh, Asia and who are in Europe and who are in Africa, right? And who are new and who are seasoned. And it doesn't matter what level beauty pros are on, the conversation around rates usually comes back around to fear. Uh But it's not just fear, it's fear of rejection, right? So people are scared to charge um, proper rates for their services because they're scared of being rejected by their customers. Because here's the thing, like you, you already know mm-hmm. when it comes to beauty, like this is it for most of us, it started off as like a passion, a thing that we just love to do. And then we happen to flip it into a business. Right. Uh-huh. And so it's like, we look at what we do as our baby. Right. And so we don't want anyone to call our baby ugly and reject our baby. And so we hold on to these rates that no longer serve us because we so desperately just want to do more and more and more of what we love. And so when that customer says no, or says that you're too expensive. A lot of people internalize that as a personal, like a personal rejection. And we're going to talk about this more so because I feel like when, when you're able to unlock this and like mm-hmm. really get past this fear of rejection, when it comes to your rates, your business and your life will change. But I think that it, the, at the core of it, it really is that one fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, when it comes to overcoming this mindset what is some kind of things that they can do to say, okay, no, um, I'm going to charge these proper rates. What can they do to shift that mindset? And so what I want more beauty pros to realize is that within our businesses, we do wear many hats and we actually are very unique in that we are the business owner, but we're also the talent. So we have to show up and do the thing, but we're also like, over marketing and sales. Like we ha- we wear all the hats in our business, right? But your primary job as the business owner is to drive profit, not just revenue, right? Because revenue is mm-hmm. the money that's coming in. Your primary job is to actually protect and grow your profit, meaning what's left over after you pay all the bills, pay all your expenses, you have to nurture and protect that profit, right? And so once you make that shift in your mind that, oh, wait, 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 I'm a business owner and my core job is to actually flip a profit at the end of the day, then it becomes easier to separate yourself from the the work, right? The artistry. Uh Mm -hmm. And so- you really have to look at it objectively and say to yourself, listen, when it comes to a business, it's really just about facts, not feelings. And a lot of beauty pros are running their business based upon the feelings of it all, right? And so yes. that's a really easy way to drive yourself crazy, to stay small, to stay broke, right? To stay a starving artist because you're not making a decision from a place of um, power, Um, in your business, you're making decisions from a place of scarcity and lack and fear. So the first step is understanding that you made the decision to turn this into a business. Now let's treat it as as such. The second step is to say, all right, sis, since we have a business, I'm going to make decisions from this point forward based upon the facts of it all and not feeling. So what are the facts? The facts is, what does it actually cost you to run this business? (laughs) Because that's Mm -hmm. one of the primary things that you got to think about, right? And then the second thing is, all right, well, what is the profit? And how do I do things and set my rates in a way that drives profit? Mm, Awesome. So 
when they're factoring out their rates, how important do you think experience kind of plays into that? Because a lot of people start off with this imposter syndrome when they first start and they're just, they get into this mindset of, okay, well, you know, I can't charge that much because I'm not worth that much because I'm new and they don't necessarily look objectively at the service that they're providing Mm -hmm. versus like, oh, well, I'm new. So I have to just like, you know, pay my dues or something like that. And they have to be this, they have to, they think they have to start off as a starving artist. So um, do you think experience really plays um, a large factor into that? Or do you think it's something um, that we can overcome with mindset? I love, I'm like on the floor because I love it so much. Okay, now I'll get into it. Let's unpack this. So experience matters, but probably not in the way that most people think that it does. So can I just share with you my formula for coming up with- Absolutely, share away. (laughs) And it's actually not really a, it's it's more of a framework than a formula. So here's what Uh people do, and here's what I do as well, what I did as well when I was just starting out, right? So what most, most beauty pros are taught to do when it comes to creating their rate is to number one, you're supposed to look around and see what other people in your area are charging. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you can come up with a rate. But what most people do is they take the Goldilocks approach, right? So they will choose a rate that's not too high or not too low, maybe somewhere in the middle. Or what a lot of people will do if they really have mindset issues is that they'll see what the rates are and then they'll be like, okay, I'm going to charge $50 less than that. <laughs> Yes. So they undercut and you don't want to do that. Okay. Because, um, first of all, you don't want to set that, um, set that tone that you're the undercutter in the city. Right. So you definitely want to just undercut everyone because you're scared because you're desperate for work. All right. So let's talk about the factors that I, I train my artists to take into account when it comes to setting their rate. Number one, I want you to start with how much do you actually want to make? <laughs> and I don't feel mm-hmm. like enough people start here. But what is that number? Um, do you want to make $1,000 a month? Because for someone who's new, maybe making $1,000 a month is a lot of money. That's perfectly fine. Start there. Or do you want to make 2000 or 5000 Or do you want to be a six-figure um, artist and make 8000 plus a month? Whatever that number is, whatever that goal is, that has to be your North Star start there. It's kind of like when you're driving mm-hmm. in a Jeep, you're driving in a car and you type in your destination in the GPS, right? That's exactly uh-huh. what you're doing in this case. Your desired monthly rate, that's your destination. So we're going to type it in from the very beginning and everything that you do, every decision that you make, uh, the rates that you charge, it needs to be guiding you towards that rate. So that is where you start. The second thing that I want people to incorporate, and I never hear people talk about this, but your lifestyle goals, right? So how often, how many clients do you want to work with? And how often do you want to be working? I don't think enough people think about the long-term lifestyle impact that being a beauty pro can have in your business. When you first start out, you're just so excited and you're like, I want to work every day, all day. I want a million clients back to back. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, this actually sucks, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is awful. You're standing up all day. Your back hurt. Your kids are like, I don't know who is that? Stranger danger, right? Because you've built this business that requires you to work constantly. So I want people to slow down and really think about 
your current lifestyle, but also the lifestyle that you desire to create? Do you want to be able to be present for your family and present for your children? Do you need time, because extra time, because you're actually working full time and just building your beauty business on the side? So you actually don't have a ton of time to take client. Like we really need to take those, um, we, we need to take all of that into account when coming up mm-hmm. with your race. So that's the second thing, your lifestyle. How many clients do you want to take? So at that point, you can do some simple math. You can simply divide your desired rates by your um, number of clients, like your lifestyle goal, right? Like the number of clients mm-hmm. that you want to take each month. But we don't want to stop there because what's that? what that's going to give you is just your base minimum, like your baseline rate. So per client, if I want to... Um, make this much money and only work with this many clients, I have to charge at least this amount. But there are two more things that I want artists to take into account. The next thing is your costs. How much does it actually cost you to run your business? And being a beauty pro is one of the most expensive vocations that you can have because we have- It's like the more clients that we take, it actually becomes more and more expensive because we need to replenish all the time, right? Exactly. Yes. It's consumable. It's, it's not well, like you start off like and you have a machine that produces right, goods for you. You're right. constantly, constantly feeding back into your kit. Every client, yeah, like you said, yeah. every client you book, it costs more money to replenish it. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it slips away from you. If you're not on top of it, you you look up and you've spent a thousand dollars. You're like, wait, wait, a minute. where did that money go? Mm-hmm. Right. So I need everyone to be tracking their expenses, your domain, your web hosting, uh, your business cards, like all that little five dollars here, twenty dollars there, hundred dollars. That adds up, and those are all things that you need to be taking into account uh, when it comes to your rate. So now we have three things on the table. We have our overall goal for the month. We have the number of clients that we want to take in the month that gave us our baseline rate. And now we can do some subtraction. So if you just do the average, like, you know, average expenses per month, you can do some some subtraction and figure out, is that rate still profitable? Like, am I still making Mm -hmm. money at this point after I account for all my expenses? If it's a go, okay, that's that's still a good start. But here is where you incorporate your experience or what I like to Um, what I like to teach is your brand perception, okay? Because what's actually more important than your experience is how customers who are coming across your brand, they don't know you yet, they're seeing you on Instagram or seeing you on Pinterest or your website for the first time, they don't know you from a can of paint, but how they perceive you is your brand. And the more that you can do to elevate your brand perception, the more that you can charge. So it really doesn't matter how long you've been doing what you do. If you're great, you're great. When I first started doing makeup, within two years, I was like really high and in demand in this area. But I was charging really low rates because I had such stinking thinking about money and rates and all the things. And it's so funny because Ivory, you know Ivory. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's so she's so good. She slid into my DMs because I I was undercharging, like undercharging. I was still charging, you know, what people, uh-huh. but it was low. And she slid into my DMs. And she was like, "Uh-uh, you are too good to be charging what you're charging. You dragging the rest of us down, sis." And I, <laughs> she did. And I actually didn't. I didn't know 
you know, and you don't know what you don't know. And so I'm so thankful for um, fellow beauty pros in the industry, in our area, who are so willing to support me and give me tips and like help me out because I truly didn't know. I just kind of pulled a right out of the air what felt good to me, what I thought people would pay would, would pay me and kind of chose that as my rate. Um, but I, I say all that to say brand perception is everything. So I really want our beauty pros to leverage Instagram or whatever platform that they're on to um, create desire around what it is that you do. Position yourself as the go-to expert for whatever it is that you do. So it's those four factors. When you sit down, if you have a higher brand perception, meaning people are like, here's what people say to me. And it's so funny. I don't really even do um, brides anymore because I've kind of shifted the focus of my business. But I have people that message me all the time and they're like, I will move my date. I will, <laughs> uh -huh. I will whatever. I want you to do my makeup and I don't care. Right. That's very high brand perception. You know, people desire and aspire to work with me. And so that's really what social media does is it helps to um, create aspiration around your brand. So the higher that is, the more you can charge regardless of your experience. So again, it is separating you as the person yourself from the brand because these people don't know you right they only know mm -hmm. of you from what you share and what you post they don't know that you're new they don't know if unless you say it right so you get to position yourself however you want to through what you post and how you show up so that was a really long answer <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to get into it because rates is so much more than pulling a, pulling a number out of the air or just charging what you think people will pay you because whatever you think uh, you're worth, whatever you think you're worth, right? That's what you're worth. And so if you have a low self-perception of your worth, you're going to charge low rates. Absolutely. I think that it it's so true because we do have that low perception of, you know, who we are. Um, we're unwilling to charge more because we're like, well, you know, I, I'm not worth that. Yeah. I, I can't do that. I can't. I can't. And I think that, you know, you hit it right there on the head with um, understanding how much we matter. Yeah. You know. Um, so when it comes to like raising their rates, what do you think is kind of that threshold or that criteria? Because, uh, you know, you mentioned taking into account costs, mm -hmm. you know, this is how much it costs to run my business, replenish, et cetera. Um, but what happens like if, you know, costs go up? do we just say, okay, well, costs have gone up. It's more expensive right now. So I just automatically raise my rates. Like, is that how you view raising rates or do you view it differently? I mean, I'm pretty radical. So <laughs> that is how I view rates because again, the numbers don't lie. Right. And I am of the perception that, you know, my job as the the leader of this company even if it's just you you are still you still own a company right you have to make uh -huh. this thing profitable so if your you know your rates are or your um so if your expenses are increasing then you have to make that tough decision and sometimes it's tough that you have to raise your rates accordingly so now the question becomes all right how right um so i i i'm speaking from my experience as a bridal 
makeup artist. So that's a little bit different from mm-hmm. being like a salon artist where you have clients that are coming to you over and over again and you've built a relationship and they're used to paying you, you know, whatever, right? So I'm going to talk about that, but I want to talk specifically about, I want to talk first about, um, you know, what it's like to raise your rates as a, like a bridal makeup artist. So I, um, what was it? I think it was 2018. Yeah. In 2018, I made the decision that I wanted to be a six figure makeup artist. Mind you, the year before I had only made $18,000 in the whole year, but I said, you know what? I really feel like I can make six figures at this. And so I hired a business coach and she introduced me to a whole new like business model, essentially. And so um, the first question that she asked me was, all right, how much do you want? And at the time I was working really, really, really hard and not making a lot of money at all, especially when compared to the amount of work that I was putting in to, you know, serving my clients. I'm talking about like standing up, doing back-to-back eight faces in a bridal party. And that is like hard. Uh It's hard work. It's hard work. And I just had enough. So I was like, you know what? I really want, I want $1,000 brides. Like not Mm $1,000 bridal parties. I want $1,000 brides. And when I actually spoke those words out of my mouth, I was, I felt like I wanted to choke on those words because I was like, oh, nobody will yep. pay me that. Like I'm crazy for even like, I know, and it's not going to happen. And my coach was like, all right, let's do it. And so I literally went from charging 150 for the bride to a thousand for the bride, which is insane when you think about it. Now, the mm-hmm. way that I did it was I actually ended up hosting a live event and it was a beauty event and I did a makeup demo and it's a whole thing. And I, at that event because I had those brides in the room with me and they fell in love with the artistry and it was like a whole vibe. I was able to sell those brides into thousand dollar packages. And it wasn't just day of, it was, you know, it had some other things in there, but it was all about the bride. And I got to fully service her from end to end before, during and after her wedding day. And that was my thousand dollar experience. So that is how I went from charging 150 per bride to a thousand, Uh right? I didn't have to tear it up. I didn't have to, you know, I was like, this is what I want and this is how we're going to do it. I created that thousand dollar package, right? There Uh was some mindset stuff (laughs) in there that I had to overcome, but it started with declaring and getting clear about what I wanted and how it fitted fit into my lifestyle, right? So that's how Uh I did it, but that's a different, that's a different model from like a salon, uh, stylist, right? So yeah. when it comes to someone who you already have your, your your ride or die clients that are coming to you over and over again, I do think that approach should be a bit more delicate because they've been loyal to you. You have a relationship, and it would be jarring to be like, all right, well, it was one fifty for a cut before, and now it's three hundred, right? Like that, that that just doesn't seem fair. So I think that um, for loyal clients, I would. Uh, you know, grandfather them into my new rate. Um, But the rate is the rate. So decide what it needs to be to make sure that you remain profitable. And then you can make some decisions around how you gracefully ease your existing clients into um, that new rate structure. For some um, stylists, it may be if you already, you know, have a, if you have an established business, maybe you have other stylists that you train or who are under you, maybe um, you can, you know, move those, those clients who are not feeling your new rates, move them to your team members. Like there are things that you can do um, if you get really creative, but I do think it requires a, you know, some, some, some 
notice <laughs> to your uh-huh. and, you know, grandfathering them up. Awesome. So um, what can artists do when they're trying to like really protect their, their mental health when having conversations mm-hmm. with brides regarding their rate? Because a lot of people will do, you know, the phone consultation yeah. and stuff. And then, you know, it hurts. It's hard it to hear hard. the no. It is. It's so, actually, you, like you've had, a, you've had this conversation. Y'all have been vibing. Like it's sort of, it's, it's a letdown when you get the no, right? So I, I exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Here's what helped me. First of all, it started with me doing the work because I realized mm-hmm. as I was growing my business, uh, this opens up a whole nother thing. We could, I literally could talk about this forever. As I was growing my business and making more money because I was bringing in those thousand dollar brides and like, you know, doing all these other things, I created a situation in my business where it was like money in, money out money in, money out. So I was making more money, but I was also spending it just as quickly. And I'm like, why is this happening over and over again? And I realized that it was a money mindset issue. And it was based on a story that I was living out. So growing up, um, my, I come from a very like blue collar, you know, family. My, my dad was one of the hardest working people that I know. He always stayed with like two or three jobs. Okay. And so mm-hmm. I had this story that, you know, in order for you to make and keep money, you have to work really, really hard. And if mm-hmm. you're not grinding and working hard, then it's not, you know, it's not real. And so what I was telling myself is this can't be real. Like I got to spend this money because it could be gone tomorrow. So let me figure out something where, you know, and so I was manifesting this situation where I could not hold on to money. So first of all, I had to do like literal healing work and mindset work to come to the awareness that, oh, this is act- this actually comes from like your childhood, right? And it was it's a lot more than mm-hmm. just that. But that's just one example, one money story of many that I had, but I had to reveal those stories through doing actual mindset work. So I had, I've always invested in coaches and I'm in therapy child, like all Uh into it. And so I share that because what I realized is that so few people actually do mindset work, right? Not just business, I mean, Mm -hmm. people in general. And so because so few people have this awareness around how stories and experiences that they had as children absolutely uh, uh, influence how they show up as adults, then I'm having money conversations with people who have unhealed money stories. So what that work has done for me is it allowed me to have empathy for my customers. So when I get on the phone and I'm having these conversations with my customers, I have to realize that them hearing a thousand dollars is going to probably trigger a money story. So it's not a rejection of me as a person. It's their own stuff coming, entering the chat. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, a thousand, like all the stuff that's probably swirling in their head that I am, you know, inadvertently triggering that has nothing to do with my value or my worth or da 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 and all the things that we tell us. It's not that at all. It is them in their kind of like unaware um, state 
having a fear response, basically, right? And so we've mm-hmm. all had experiences where people have been like, yeah, this is great. I have to talk to my husband, my, my fiance about it. They ain't got to talk to their fiance. They just want to get exactly because you yes. uncomfortable or they ghost you, right? They have ghosted you, not because you suck or not because they don't want to work with you. They wouldn't be on the phone with you if they weren't interested. They ghosted you because they are uncomfortable and they don't know how, they don't have the tools to just have that conversation, right? So now they're Mm -hmm. avoiding and they're showing up in all their stuff. So I think the most important thing to realize is, first of all, you got to do the work, okay? Like all of us need to be doing the work. And the second thing is that you're having conversations that that are uncomfortable. Talking about money is uncomfortable for a lot of people until you heal the stories that you have around it. And then you, you've just got to be okay with most people aren't going to do that healing. So you're going to get lots of no's, but the more every no that you get gets you closer to your next yes. So I actually had to hear a lot of no's. Like I had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of no's as I was doing consultations because that was my, um, that was my model, like getting people on consultation calls and like pitching them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I heard way more no's than I heard yeses. And even though my ratio of no's to yeses was like, you know, was pretty significant, the yeses were significant. They were so meaningful. And I was still able to build a six-figure business, even though I got a ton of no's. And the great thing is that because I showed up in my power, I showed up just willing to serve. I had no expectations when I got on those calls, no pressure. I wasn't coming from a place of desperation. I was genuinely like, hey girl, like what, what, are we, what are we doing? Like, you know, just genuinely curious and excited to hear about their wedding day and excited about the opportunity to talk to them about what I could do to add value to their day. No strings attached, no expectations. The energy of that call was different. And by the time they got off their call, if it was a no, it was like, a, oh, I want to do this so bad, but I just can't, you know, it was that kind of no. So it's also yeah. about the energy that you're coming to the call with. Yeah. Awesome. So before we wrap everything up today, um, I have a, a new thing I want to start doing with um, my people who have worked in the bridal industry asking, do you have any horrors? Because I know we hear that all the time on the wedding day. People are always like, yo, you have any like bridezilla stories? Everybody's always thirsty for those I stories. Know. And I know that, you know, as artists, we are also equally as thirsty for these stories. Girl, so tea, okay. What you got? <laughs> the tea. So thankfully enough, I haven't had any like bridezilla, but I, I have had some crazy wedding day stories. Uh-huh. But my favorite crazy wedding day story was actually my very first wedding that I ever assisted on. So this was like the first wedding that I ever did ever, ever, ever. Right. And I was uh-huh. the assistant. And so the way that the bride, the way that the bride wanted to have the room set up was there was a big window in the hotel room. And so um, she wanted the makeup set up like right in front of the window so she could look out, look out of the window if she's getting glammed up. Cool. So um, the lead makeup artist who brought me onto the job was doing her thing, doing her makeup. She looked beautiful. And um, you could see everyone like driving up to the hotel because the window was facing the front of the hotel. So Uh we're getting to the point where she's finishing up and um, she sees her groom-to-be's limousine pulling up to the front. And when I tell you my girl passed out, on her she passed out i was like wait a minute what's happening <laughs> well, why like so what happened to her just seeing that this was getting real it like triggered her and she, she oh. literally was like 
I don't know, like just freaking out. So she passed out, came to, was freaking out. It was a whole thing. We had to get ice, wipe it down. She was sweating. It was, it was insane. And I was like, welcome to bridal. First <laughs> 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 experience with bridal. And I think after that, I was ready for anything, honey. Uh, Absolutely. The funniest thing. And um, yep, that was my intro, intro to bridal. Awesome. Yeah. See, I've never thankfully had anybody like pass out on me or or anything along those lines. I'm very, very appreciative, very thankful. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shiana. It's been wonderful talking with you guys um, today. So if people want to follow you and learn more about what you have to offer. Where can they find you online, my dear? Okay, so my beauty party is definitely on Instagram right now. So you can head to Instagram and follow me at Tiana Robinson Beauty. I am always dropping gems and sharing resources. I just love helping other beauty pros win. So you can connect with me there. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you to everybody else for joining us on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you feel empowered, knowledgeable, and capable of handling anything that your business throws your way. Don't forget to subscribe to get access to new episodes as they are released each week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Love today's episode? Let me know. Leave me a review and tell me what your biggest takeaway was from the conversation. Have a request for a future topic or someone you'd like to hear me interview? Find me on Instagram at beautybizcollective and drop me a DM. And if you're hungry for more actionable content to help you grow your bridal business, go to www.swearsanddoeshair.com slash bookmorebrides to sign up for my free on-demand training and learn how to book better quality brides faster, easier, and with less stress.